0: Welcome, welcome. This is Behind the Wheels. We are back at it after our short winter intermission. So we're back for 2022. I am your host. I am DJ Artistic. I am a DJ hailing from the city of Los Angeles, California. Uh, Everybody say what's up to my co-host E.B. E.B., let him know.
1: What's going on, everybody? I am E.B. I am a writer, blogger, and a content creator based in the planet of Brooklyn.
0: Brooklyn in the building. Okay. And this is Behind the Wheels. We talk about everything past, present, future when it comes to black music. So let's go ahead and get into it. So before we actually get into our primary segment, um, just to catch up and recap what's going on right now. Uh, so the first thing I got to talk about is uh, I was attacked on Twitter last night and I kind of enjoyed it. It was it was kind of funny. It's like when you get jumped by your little cousins, like they can't really hurt you. So it's just fun, but it's it's challenging because they're still... they, they getting a little bit heavier, you know? Right. But yeah, so basically... Why
1: would you attack though? Are we, I need to know yeah. exactly what... Because they might have been right to attack you. I don't know yet.
0: You let me know. So, basically, um, we're talking about the Super Bowl, and everybody's hyped about, of course, you know, Dre, Kendrick, Eminem, uh, Dre, I mean, who? Dre, Kendrick, Eminem, Snoop, Mary, of course. So, with that, a lot of folks are kind of, you know, questionable about Eminem. Like, people who aren't Eminem fans are saying he shouldn't be on there. In that case, I've actually defended him, saying, you know, I get why he's there. It's still Super Bowl. It's still Middle America. Woop, woop, woop. But what happened last night is that Timberland posted a clip that Dre had saying Eminem versus who in the verses. And it's basically like Eminem's is doing his typical comical, ramical, blamical, samical, nomical, like super fast rap. The space, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my response to that was just saying, um, basically, you know, the the issue with Eminem is that he makes music to to prove that he's a great rapper versus making it enjoyable and making it to where it actually has replay value. So that was my comment. So initially, most folks who saw it, Mm -hmm. most of my followers all kind of agreed. Next thing you know, all of his fans found it. I guess it's the Eminem Hives. It's like the the Nikki, uh, the the barbs, like the Beehive. And they was on my head. The funniest part is that it was, of course, you know, just to be blunt about it, I expect middle America, I'll just say it that way, middle America was on it. Mm, but surprisingly, mm-hmm. it was a lot of Nigerians and Africans and even some Jamaicans who were signing with Eminem. I didn't know he had a fan base like that in Africa. I was kind of shocked about that. Jamaicans so they,
1: and Africans, yeah, really.
0: That was some of the main ones uh, on my wow. head about it. So there, everything from if, if he doesn't have replay value, how is he the second highest string artist last year? And every album he does is number one. He has the most number one songs out of this, 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 and that. We, you know how I feel. I always say that people only use stats when it's in defense of the artist that they're a fan of. Because if that's the case, why don't you say Hammer's the best? You know, the best artist of the early nineties or why was Nelly not the best of the 2000s, you know? Because if you really want to go by sales, historically, the best artists, as far as critically acclaimed, are not the ones who sell the most or have the most Grammys. So that was the whole thing. But it's where, overall, I was saying, look, I'm actually an Eminem fan. I'm not saying that he's trash at all. I'm not saying he's garbage. It's just that a lot of his music, to me, is where it's kind of tailored on him just rapping, being a rappity rapper, being so lyrical where it's just not good music. It's like, to me, I love what he did 98 to 02. I was saying, If I Get Locked Up, Role Model, um, Kill yeah. You. Those songs were fire back then. Even Be Pleased Part 2. like Even when he was on like the Touch It remix, he's had some great moments for sure. Lose Yourself might be cliche now, but that was a great but song. But it, you know? it was a good song. It was yeah. great. But I feel like the yeah. last 15, 20 years, like, whether it's the singles, I don't want to hear Crack a Bottle in the verses. I don't want to hear... Um, um, I need a doctor. I don't want to hear. I'm uh, not afraid. Like, I don't want to hear these songs. Like versus I yeah. don't
1: know any of these songs. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. I think. Yeah. Listen. Whenever they first announced who was doing the Super Bowl halftime show, yeah. for whatever reason, he stuck out like a sore thumb. I was like, that's out of mm. place. Then I saw the promo, and you know, he's Promo's doing his fighting. thing cadence or whatever. Yeah, you know how he, yeah. he he does his thing, and I was like, yo, this is dope. Like, I'm actually excited to see him. Yeah. I don't think he was wrong for that, um, because you're right. There are other people who rap in the and you know with the style that he does or whatever um, yeah. lyrically, but they make good music. Yeah, he just doesn't make good music. Like Twista makes music that has Twisted. replay value. Busta Rhymes makes music that has for replay sure. value. I mean, I took it back to JJ Fad, Baby D, <laughs> yeah, baby was D. rapping her yeah. ass off on of Supersonic, and you will still yeah. play it. Eminem, yeah. I like. You're right. He, his whole thing is proving that he is meant to be here, and I think maybe it's because he's not a black guy, yeah. and He has to fight that off all the time, being a white rapper, but. The music hasn't been good to me in a very long time. Like for real, for real. Mm. Now that I'm realizing it's, uh, it's twenty years, twenty yeah, like it's 02. it's been twenty years. I, I just yeah. realized that it's been twenty years <laughs> since he's had good music, in my opinion. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was wrong for being attacked, but I I am still stuck on Jamaicans and Africans. I was tripping down. off that.
0: Yeah, it's like Wow. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I realize a lot of times outside of America, it's where they. They do kind of enjoy what's more top forty in America. Even even my first time in the club in Ghana, they're playing like ADM stuff, and it was an all black club. So I feel like a lot of times, what's big in America with white folks ends up being big, you know, with them, which is interesting, you know. That, that it makes, makes it sense. that way. Yeah, to an mm-hmm. extent it does. So okay. that's what happens. So yeah. So I was attacked, but shout out to shout out to Eminem, shout out to the Eminem fans <laughs> out there. You know, it's, it's I enjoyed that. So but moving on the from white that, chocolates, white chocolates in the building. So. So everybody right now, what I can say right now is that we are in season three of the pandemic, and with that, it's probably the most unpredictable season. A lot of these tours are getting canceled. We just saw that Adele um, canceled her tour, it looks like. Was it the day of, or what happened with that?
1: Yeah, um, she canceled it, and and she said that it was because there were um, members in the production who had COVID. It was a COVID outbreak. Now reports are coming out saying that she was just unhappy with the way the production was going. Mm-hmm. Um and it wasn't like it was postponed or anything, it was just cancelled. So oh, wow, wow. They I don't know what's going on with it, honestly. I think um there may be some truth to the reports. I don't know. There may be some truth that she just wasn't happy with it at the time or she wasn't happy with someone. Um because you know, if it was a COVID outbreak, I mean, like we in season three of the pandemic. COVID's like, been here, yeah. You know, it's been here, like you would have known like that you that's something you prepare for in a way. So I don't know what's going on with with Adele. I know um, that this is Vegas, so you know mm-hmm. that's 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 crazy to cancel like something like Vegas. Like you can cancel yeah. like St. Louis, Missouri, or you you know Tampa, <laughs> Florida, but not <laughs> Vegas. So I don't know what's going on with with your girl.
0: Yeah, I, I can't call it. And also the same thing happened with the Fugees, and with that. I mean, without even seeing any speculation, I mean, we just, <laughs> it's the Fuji. It's like, it's, it's Lauren. the Fuji. <laughs> it's, but it's, Lauren, Lauren on her own, I wouldn't be shocked if it was canceled. But listen, yeah.
1: even the way they described it, um, because again, they didn't postpone it, they canceled it. Yeah. And even the way the statement they issued when they were like, you know, the time just isn't right, it's not aligned, it had Lauren Hill written all over <laughs> it. I don't know what she all did, but it was Lauren Hill. <laughs> I was actually a little upset because I wanted to go. When they did the surprise show here in New York, I wasn't able to go. But people that I know went, they didn't like the show. But I wanted to go, you know, for nostalgic reasons. Like, that's the Fugees. Like, when will we ever get to see them again? And I guess the answer is probably never. But I think the last time they united was, like, the BET Awards some years ago. Like, on stage, that was the last time we saw all three of them together. And the show in New York... And now the tour is canceled. So I don't know what's going on with these people and uh, who are not realizing that, yeah, this, there's still a pandemic going on. But, yeah. you know, you knew this whenever you planned a tour.
0: That's the way I see it. So I feel like with that, hard to really call. So speaking of Vegas and those tours coming up, uh, Sonic announced that they're going to have a Vegas, Vegas residency. So I'm hoping that's not canceled. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. Them tickets look extremely expensive. Let's see. Yeah.
1: I. I don't think they'll cancel it. I, I yeah. for whatever reason, I don't see them canceling. I know they're they have their Vegas residency coming up. The Osley Brothers are about to go on tour for their 60th. <laughs> I think Jodeci, New 60. Edition, and Charlie Wilson are going on tour. Then you got Maxwell, Joe, and Anthony Hamilton going on tour. So
2: yeah.
1: tours are happening. Like the productions are going on. They're being planned. I don't see Silk Sonic canceling. Osley Brothers, uh, I don't know. You know, when, when when you a certain age, you got to be careful. Like, you know, that you can use that excuse to cancel when you <laughs> that's a certain true. age. I mean you said you
0: know, 60 year anniversary sixty, 60 not in that they're, music. Not that yeah. they're sixty years old a piece. No, like, no, 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 no. That's insane. Six,
1: they've been making music yeah. for sixty years. So they <laughs> if they cancel,
0: then yeah. I understand. I'll give you them know, back. Babyface
1: and Kim just announced their tour. I
0: saw that too. Like, There'll be so many aunties in there. All the bougie aunties going to be in there. All the bougie aunties.
1: I all hope the, everybody is requiring vaccination, though, because you know yeah. our people. I hope so. Yeah, we
0: need that, even though people got the fakes. That's a different convo, but yeah, that's, that's, a- that's <laughs> what it is. So, yeah, so let's get go ahead and get into it. So uh, our first segment is going to be called the Rewind segment. The Rewind, we like to talk about artists who are from the past, who may or may not still be making music, but you know who we feel deserve their uh, flowers. So for this episode, who would you like to pick for your Rewind?
1: Gotta go with Khalees. Um Ooh. I was on Twitter thinking about the Neptunes and their R&B productions, and I was asking like, what are some of their best r productions? Khalees was like the number one name to come up, and mm. I admittedly have never been like big into Khalees, but really? I was going back and listening to everything, and I was like, yo, yeah, this is dope. And also the fact that she... Doesn't classify herself as an R&B artist. That kind of didn't help. Like she yeah. doesn't like being referred to as that. She do not like being put into a box. But um the girl's right out of right out of Manhattan, right out of New York. Um She's been talented her entire life, like a prodigy of sorts. Like Khalees plays violin, piano, and saxophone. She went to Laguardia High here, so that's the school that everybody, everybody goes to. Nicki Minaj, yeah. Sheena Arnold, Diane Carroll, <laughs> like everybody goes to that school. <laughs> Uh, She hooked up with the Neptunes and released her debut on Virgin called Kaleidoscope in 99. And that's when Caught Out There was the lead single that came out that people uh, loved. I remember I loved that song. And uh, she was also on ODB's Got Your Money that year. So it was like good cross promotion for her to have her own song out and then be on his song. Um, Other singles from that album were Good Stuff with uh, Pusha T. And then she had the song Get Along With You that had that like oh, Tim yeah. Burton-esque video that I really rock with. Um surprisingly though, she like did well not surprisingly, she did a lot better in the UK than she did the US. Um and that year she went on yeah. tour with both Moby and U2. So separate tours. So new artists, you going on oh, tour okay. with like legacy artists like Moby and U2. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Um, In 2001, she released Wonderland, but only overseas. Virgin did not release it in the U.S., and that's crazy because that is my favorite Khalees album. Once I finally heard it, she got the song Scared Money on there and Shooting Stars. It's amazing. Um, Virgin actually dropped her, so she's had a lot of problems with record labels. So Virgin dropped her, and she released Tasty in 2003 on Star Trek. That was the uh, label, um, the Neptunes. Um, in conjunction with Arista. That's when Milkshake came out, and Milkshake was everywhere. Like, Milkshake, I remember Milkshake playing, and older people not knowing what Milkshake meant. (laughs) Had no idea what my Milkshake brings all the boys to the yard meant. And once they found out, man, once they found out. (laughs) Milkshake was big for her. (laughs) It was huge. I still, I still and, want
0: some, some of her milkshake. I'm saying. I'm, listen, I'm still, I,
1: it's Khalees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that album was, that song was huge for her. And on the album, um, she got Raphael Sadiq, Dallas Austin, uh, Andre 3000, um, Rock Wilder to all produce. And she did that because after the success of the first album that was released here and then the second album in the UK, people were saying that she could not do it without the Neptune so even though they did produce on the album she wanted to bring in other producers um, just to say you know I don't need the Neptunes to be a good artist like you know we work well together kind of like Brandy and Dark Chow or like Puff and Mary you know like it was Janet and Jam and Lewis it was like just a partnership of people Um, so after she did that uh, songs like Glow on that album Hot Sugar Honey Iced Tea, hot. Her and Raphael Sadiq worked very well together. Um, and then in 2006, she released Kelis Was Here, and that's when Bossy came out. And every bossy. girl I know had a chain that said Bossy. Everybody thought they was the boss. Like, Kelis was doing her thing. Um, but she's she's been quiet as of late. She did release a single in October, and last month she announced that she has a new album coming out this year in the spring so we're gonna wait and see what when if it happens because she she has announced before that she was having you know albums released and nothing has happened like I said she's not had really good luck with labels but I think Killes is like insanely talented um, in 2010 she had an album and then she had another in 2014 called food and um, part of the reason for that is now Kalisa is a chef so I think um, if we do get an album this year, I'm excited to see what is going to sound like because, like I said, yeah. Kalista does not like to be put into a box, and I'm sure she's been listening to what everyone else is doing, and she's yeah. going to want to do something different. She's like, and, she, and I, she, I doubt she'll work with the Neptunes. You know, they had that that, that falling big, out. I saw yeah, it. Yeah, that big falling out. So I doubt yeah. she'll work with them. But I'm hoping that she'll at least get like Sadiq on there. I'm hoping Andre 3000 will be on there. And I, w- mm-hmm. I really want her to work with some of the younger producers, like newer producers in the game since she's been gone, because I you think a lot of them are yeah. like crazy talented. I would love to hear how she would sound with them. So, Khaleesa's the Rewind this week.
0: Yeah, she always had a very fast-forward sound, so I feel like like even the stuff she made with the Neptunes and even after them, it still sounds like modern. I mean, of yes. course, it, it's, it's a straight novelty song, but even the fact that... Issa uh, used her, use that bossy beat on the very first episode of Insecure. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. That Molly beat. Yeah, and yeah. it, it still fit perfect. And they use that same beat to to end the whole series. And it's like, Throughout it still up. just, it has that modern feel to it. So I think that's one thing that she's always excelled at. So I'm definitely looking forward to what she has next. Like, it was sad to hear about how uh, she said Pharrell treated her as far as business-wise. So Yeah, yeah.
1: Was, it was crazy that it, and it played out on social media, so.
0: Yeah, You know,
1: sometimes things get blown out of proportion. Um, I hope that they can at least make amends if they don't work together, but we'll see. Yeah,
0: you definitely hope so, but salute to to Khalees all day. So, for my pick, this uh, episode is going to be Latoya Williams. So, Latoya Williams, also known as Toy T-O-I. She's straight from uh, Long Beach, California, so most folks know her. Mainly through her association with uh, Snoop, so... We know Snoop has always been that old soul who loved the funk and the soul type of sounding artist. So you might remember Cocaine, who he had Cocaine K O K A N. He sounds just like uh, George Clinton. I feel like he got Latoya Williams is kind of like the like the, the the opposite side, the foil of that. So she had that super sweet, like straight '70s voice. Like I feel like her voice is straight from '70s, straight from church. Like like my boy told me that he grew up in church with her. I'm like, I know she went to, to a church, obviously. I don't know where she went, but. When he told me she came from, uh, he told me she came from the Baptist Church. I'm like, obviously, like you could tell. It's more so about which one, which corner, like which which one was it? That's the question. So, she came in the game. I would say really around 2000, 2001 is the first time I heard her on some of those East Siders type of cuts. And it was always funny hearing her on these gangster songs because just like anybody else who, who's from that era, like even though she's from the church, like uh, she's on a song that Snoop has called Crip Hop, and she's singing. Basically, it's a remake of Tina Marie Square Biz, but in a very gangbang form, and she's saying, "I'm talking crypt shit to you, baby." It's like, whoa, she's making, making like Square Biz hood and it's fire. But she's a type who's been so diverse because she could hop on these hip hop songs like that. She has a lot of dope features. A lot of folks might know her from uh, Jay Z. Um, all around the world on Blueprint too. Uh, that's one of one of her biggest uh, features. But she can get on anything slow and soulful as well. She's on that Snoop. Um, I believe in you back in O2. Her main single back then came out about 20 years ago. It was called Fallen Stars. So Fallen Stars, man, that song was fire. The video had that straight 70s aesthetic to it. It was produced by Michelangelo, who came from portrait. You know, Michael Salisbury uh, produced that. He also produced that uh, that faith, uh, You Gets No Love. So it had the same kind of bounce to that. So had that real West Coast-type funk feel to it. But uh, since then, she's been doing other features. She's on that Busta, Big Bang Theory on that song, I'll Do It All. She had tracks with Wiz, Game, uh, Anthony Hamilton, My First Love, and she actually didn't drop her own album until three years ago. It was called Blue Rose, so she dropped the album called Blue Rose, and even that album is still uh, dope. Um, I actually heard it because I was playing her music on Instagram on uh, on my show West Side Wednesdays one night, and uh, I think my boy, it was probably my boy who went to church with her, hit her up, like, hey, uh, Artistic is playing you on IG, and she hopped in there, and she was like, hey, I have a new album, if you could drop some songs from it. I was like, let me just play one real quick. I played the first one. I said, that's dope. I'll play the second one. This is dope. I'm like, hey, look, she still got it going. So I feel like uh, it's it's one of those typical stories where she just kept on getting shelved uh, back in the day when she was signed. They're just unable to put put out a full project from her. I don't know if it was the timing. I don't know if it was the era, but I feel like she has that type of voice and appeal that it still will go like it might not match up with the Aries and the Scissors and the 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 modern day singers, but anybody who's still into that that throwback type of soul dynamic on top of a modern beat, she definitely still has that uh, going for her. Yeah, I know she, I
1: mean, I think she's one of the most underutilized talents. And I'm happy that yeah. Snoop has used her. Like I the very first song I heard from her, um I think I heard it before Fallen Star was a song called It Feels Good. Um oh, yeah. that was on Snoop's And it sounds like a. It's meant to sound like a a church service, like they're in church. And it's crazy. Her voice is really like Mavis Staples or somebody in the seventies. Like it has that that sweet rasp to it. And when I heard her with Anthony Hamilton on my first love, Love, I was was like, "Yo, this girl is dope." Now, Blue Rose, the out the her latest album,
0: yeah,
1: dope, dope, like. I think Latoya, I don't know what it is. I I, I really wish Snoop would utilize her more now than he, like he used to, because I feel like that's the only way that she's going to be seen by the mainstream because nobody else is really paying attention. And I really think they should because she has something special. No one's just hearing it. So
0: I I hope Latoya make it. I'm hoping so. I mean, she still has a chance, I feel like, because even... yeah, Also, the first one that really got me hooked on her was uh, Every Time. Every Time was her on the Wild Sound yeah. track on top of that. Dilla, um, um was it? The uh, Fantastic Volume 2 track, the uh, Get This Money. And like, as much as I love uh, Slum, she owns that beat now. Like, like just hearing her own that track, Superfly produced and put some keys on top of it just to kind of add to her voice, but... Is it such a perfect song? I got a request for that. for a singer, too. yeah. Yeah, like two days ago, I was doing the party, and somebody requested that song. Super what? random. Yeah. Wait, where was this at? This was a, uh, it was an LA crowd, 35th birthday Oh, party. okay, because I'm yeah. like, yeah. I wish
1: people would request her out yeah. here. Like, nobody requesting her out here. That's yeah. dope, though. Yeah.
0: Wow. It, it caught me off guard because, like, the birthday girl was like, no request. Like, I get off stage, and I was like, I ain't tripping what you want to hear. He said that. I'm like, yo, if, even if I don't play it, like, respect to you just for asking for that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those songs. So, yeah, much respect to Ellatorial Williams and to Kalise, of course. Salute. So, yeah, salute to them. So our next segment is called The Fast Forward. We like to highlight the artists who are making waves and getting bigger and bigger by the day, and we think they have potential to break through. So for this episode, who would you like to highlight for your Fast Forward? It's this 22-year-old out of
1: Dallas, Texas called, um, well, her name is Liv, but it's stylized Period E. So the E is silent. Um, like I said, she's out of Dallas, but now she's located in L.A. Uh, grew up listening to a lot of gospel, Outkast, and Johnny Guitar Walker. So things that probably Johnny don't Guitar. go together makes no sense, but she was listening to it. So she's been co-signed by Solange, by Badu, by Tyler, the creator, Janelle Monae. Um, Like, the girl is dope. I think... If you like people like Georgia Ann Muldrow, if you like the uh, Joy Gillums, if you like Janelle Monet, you'll get into her. Her sound is like a mix of jazz, Uh, I would say soul and gospel, like major elements, but it's really like jazz. It's like almost like acid jazz at times, trying to figure out like where she's going with it. So her ear is crazy. Um, She's released her debut album in 2020 and it's called Couldn't Wait to Tell You. But before then, going back to 2017, she's released four or five EPs. And they're just like a myriad of sounds. Like, if you are a music head and you want like a true musical experience, like you don't want to just listen to an album, but you want to be a part of an experience. I definitely say get into her. She is young. Um, She's promising new music. So I'm hoping that we get that. But she's one of the best that I've heard um, just in terms of individuality. Um, she's doing her own thing, and I always salute anybody who will go against the grain of what everyone else is doing commercially because I think it's possible to be successful in that way. So salute to Liv because I, I really hope she make it.
0: All day with that. Uh, does she perform live at all? Because I'm trying to catch her live if she, if she, if she, yeah, she a show coming she up. Yeah, she did not have
1: any um, dates listed on her website, but yeah, she does perform live. I have seen clips of her performing live. Um, and she's an instrumentalist as well. She used to be a DJ, mm. oh, so, wow. okay. Um, yeah, she did used to be a DJ. So you know, she's one of those people who, you know, there are there are artists who make albums just to make albums, but there are artists who make albums to tour with them. And I think yeah. that that's that's her. Like she's 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 here to give a musical experience.
0: It makes sense. Okay, salute so to live all day with that. My yeah. pick, my pick for this episode would be Larry June. So Larry June is a rapper from. He reps the Bay, he reps San Francisco, he was born there, but he actually grew up more so in Atlanta, so he kind of has both sides covered. And
2: Larry has a
0: very, very laid-back but catchy style, which I would say is most comparable to like a Dom Candy type, is where it's kind of that monotone, real vibey, like definitely not for the club at all, but he'll probably end up having songs that are just so dope that they make the club anyway, even if it's the first hour or two. But with Larry Jones, he's one of those just hard-working types where – He's only 30 years old, but he has about 19 projects. And he's just a straight workaholic. And whenever 19. you... 19 full projects between albums, EPs, collaborations that he that he's done. He made wow. six just during the pandemic. just 2020. And it's like, you can just tell he's a workaholic. And whenever you hear his music, it's like... For him to have that much music, you're you waiting for the filler. And it's like, he has... Most of it is all consistent and strong, too. So it's where wow. most of his beasts have that, that vibe to it. I would say... Uh, some of my favorite songs from him are definitely like 6 a.m. in Sausalito, which was produced by Mr. Rogers from Texas. It has a real fly jazz sample. I feel like it's he makes music that's just made for PCH cruising. Like if you if you got those long road trips when it's a cool, cool kind of uh April day where it's a little bit cool, a little bit of a breeze, but the sun is out, put on that Larry June. I'm vibing with that track. I'm vibing with uh Don't Try It. Green Juice in Dallas. You got a song called Trace the California too. Tracy, California. Um City up in the Bay Area, outside the Bay, I should say. But that song has a dope Sade sample on it too. So it's where I think he's one of those types that when you just hear his delivery, it sounds kind of monotone. But he has a sense of humor. He just always saying little funny stuff in there. He has an obsession with smoothies. I don't know why he's always talking about smoothies on every other song. So it's one of those types who he don't take himself too serious. I feel like he's he's kind of the anti from the, the whole thug hood rap uh, in, in his era at least. And mm-hmm. he has two albums he just dropped last year called. Into the Late Night, and The Orange Pint. And overall, I think he has a lot of potential. From what I'm seeing, he has a lot of folks who are digging his shows, and he's the type, even with that laid-back vibe, he has personality. So whenever he, he writes a live show, it's still a lot of engagement going on. So uh, have you heard of him out there yet?
1: Yo, so I was just looking him up, and I realized where I know him from is the yeah. song from The Godfather of Harlem with Swiss Beats.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, please forgive
1: yeah. me. I didn't realize that was him. I didn't know who that was, so I have heard him. Okay, and yeah. um. I'm looking through his discography, and man, yeah. like... Yeah, he has so much. This is yeah. great. He dropped three albums in 2018, five in 2019, <laughs> six in 2020, and yeah.
0: two in 20... What? Yeah. He's a workaholic wow. with that. And it's like, once, once again, whenever you hear his projects, it's like, they all have the same kind of vibe to it. I feel like it's start to finish. Uh, they're all dope projects. So, I'm so I've heard of him, definitely, through. but... Yeah.
1: I've not heard him being played out here like if I hadn't yeah. watched the show I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have heard him being played so that's I'm going to have to listen out for him actually I'm added some of these songs already but yeah, yeah I'm hoping that people catch on
0: For sure I feel like um I think he'll probably break through the south for sure before the east coast cuz for one he has a connection with uh, Mr. Rogers in Texas and yeah. Especially Texas, because Texas likes that kind of laid-back cruising music. So, Right, right, right. It might not get as big in Atlanta, Memphis, Florida, but I feel like Texas and even the uh, Mississippi type of vibe, it might rock with them out there, I think. But, yeah, salute to Larry, Larry Jordan out there. He's doing his thing out there. So that is our fast-forward segment. So next up, uh, we're going to have a quick intermission. Then we, when we get back, we're going to do something fun where I feel like if you're playing this with your, with your friends or coworkers, whatever it is, whoever you're listening to, Go ahead and join in with us or even tap in on social media for this next segment that we're going to have on the drop. And then we're going to end off the whole show with the beat match, which might get some of y'all a little bit riled up. But, you know, it's going to be an exciting one for y'all. So I'm sure it'll be divisive and polarizing as always. But that's coming up for you. So we'll see y'all in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. So it is time for the drop. So for the drop, we're going to do a fun game. So before we get into the game itself, I would like to introduce our producer who does come on for the beat match uh, voting each episode. We have music exec, the lady in the building. The lady, what's going on?
2: Hey, hey, how y'all doing?
0: We good. We are good. We are good. That is, for those who don't know, that's also my manager. So, you know, salute to her out here doing her thing from Philly and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what are we going to do this time For this for this episode um, We're going to do this I'm going to pick four songs from Not from each year But we're going to start back in the early 80s I'm just going to pick uh, select years I'll pick about 12 different years For each of these years I'm going to pick four R&B songs that Each of us are going to pick our favorite out of those four So anybody who's listening of course Y'all can debate it with your friends You might put it on social media Whatever it is But that's how we're going to do it So because we have our guests, I'll, I'll go in this order. My lady, then EB, then me. And if you want to debate between them, if you want to say, if, if you feel stuck, if you need some help with your decision, whatever it is, you know, it's all for fun. So are y'all ready?
2: Oh, my God. I'm
1: ready. I, I, I yep. know I'm ready. I'm ready because I know the lady's probably going to have a concert experience tied to like 80, a good 85% oh, of these questions. Listen, I don't want nobody roasting yeah. me because these decisions,
2: hey. I, I don't know. We going we to you. And
0: you're going first each time too, so Why? I mean, uh. cause you are. So I mean, just to be fair, I ain't put any bad songs in here. Each song on here is a certified classic. They're all different. They all sound different, of course, different eras. But whatever you pick, I don't think anybody can roast anybody no. for any of these these answers, cause it's they're all classics. So all right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get into it. Before we were even thought of, back in 1981, one of my favorite years. Had a lot of songs, but I'll, I'll pick these four. So out of these four songs, Luther Vandross, "Never Too Much," Gap Ben, "Yearning for Your Love," Frankie Beverly and Maze, "Before I Let Go," Tina Marie, "Square Biz." My lady is. I'm going on home. You. <laughs> I'm going home. Nope, it's on you.
2: <laughs> what? It is
0: on you. <laughs> it is on you.
2: Okay, Luther, Gap Ben, "Before I Let Go," or my personal choice today. Yeah, doesn't matter back then who who sold more, who was on top, right. just what I like today.
0: Right, your yeah, your personal favorite yeah.
2: Okay, I'm 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 thinking about between yearning for your love and before I let go. Although I love Luther, yeah. but not that song choice for this. So, I mean, and I, Tina Marie. I mean, that song definitely spanned decades after that. But I would say. yearning for your love because i can't stop okay, seeing charlie okay. just running across stage and like i can't take it out of my head so i'm gonna go with that
0: you can't you can't do it okay okay all right eb mm. what would you pick
1: um wow this is actually a lot harder than i thought it was gonna be um i'm going to go with before i let go and that's just the dc talking and just the influence of the song and how many times it's been remade and it has a remix that i love so i i gotta go with before i let go i think
0: i you think can. understood i mean mm-hmm. so for me for me personally as a as a dj as a famu graduate all that like before i let go is an obvious choice as far as parties go when it comes to parties when it comes to that breakdown that's, right that's like the prime that that's the black folks journey don't stop <laughs> believing that's it like is. that right. is just that song that everybody's auntie uncle grandparent if your grandma don't like that song, I don't trust her cooking at all. <laughs> but my personal favorite song, probably top three of all time, is that "Yearning for Your Love." That Gap Band, that Charlie, mm-hmm. that bridge when that third verse comes in, and just the way that song rises is so perfect. The build up to it, like, is just there. So I, I gotta go with "Yearning." So, all right. So two two of us pick "Yearning." One pick okay, before okay. I let go. So, all right. So I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip some years. I'm gonna go straight to '88. '88. New no Edition, if it isn't love, Bobby Brown, Every Little Step I Take, Guy I Like, or New no Edition again, Can You Stand the Rain?
2: Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> you got it with them two New Edition songs. Yeah, uh, like that seemed like yeah. that was a cheat. And then the third one yeah. is Bobby Brown anyway. What type of? Yeah. Can You Stand the Rain? Okay, okay all right EB See, I don't like EB I ain't like
0: that
1: reaction you know know what my reaction is gonna (laughs) continue being that because I'll have my answer set in my head and then you're gonna say something I'm gonna be like man maybe that's the right all right um I'm gonna go with I like
0: I'm gonna go with I like Mm. Mm. between those two I feel like I would say yeah uh I would say can Standard the Rain" is a better song overall. Yeah. Like it's a more legendary song. Personally, I'm gonna go. I like as well. I like is it's that vibe. Is it's that that's, jam. That's why. So
2: yeah. <laughs> so okay. So
0: we're gonna. I like. All right. So we're gonna skip ahead five years. So this is what we're gonna do. Uh, a lot of people know that to me, 1993 is the greatest year for R&B music since I would say 81, and especially for for you know, the 90s and up. So I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do 93 twice. I'm going to do two different vibes for 93, because 93 has that many hits. I was trying to just pick four, and I said I can't. So the first round of 93 is going to be the more slow jam, more kind of sexual ones. The second round is going to be more at the kind of mid-tempo. So for the first round, for the, uh, the more slow jam, for 93. SWV Week, um, H-Town Knocking the Boots, Tony, 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 Pillow, or Silk Freak Me?
2: <laughs> I just what? Okay. Okay. There was some
0: jams that year. A- everybody was having babies that year. All my 93, 94
2: babies, yeah. I mean, H-Town was that was a moment. Okay.
0: You was knocking boots in
2: 90? I wasn't, but that it song still lasted like
0: <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Because it just Yeah.
2: You can just still play that and like, okay. Yeah. All right, I'm still going a week SWB. Week. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go week. Yeah. Out of the songs listed, I'm going to go week.
0: Okay. I mean, I personally like Pillow the best uh, as far as the instrumentation goes, as far as that breakdown and cutie pies, they all know. When that <laughs> breakdown comes in, it, it just takes my soul to a different level, but I'm, I'm going to still have to go week too. And I feel like when it comes to a slow jam, like for, for the end of the party, End of the party, I'm going freak me and knocking the boots. If it's just like a, you know, you trying to find some at the end of a party, but when it comes to a sing alongs, it's overall I'm gonna go weak. So, yeah. weak gets the uh week sweeps that around So all right, so for the more mid tempo, for ninety three, Tony 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 again with anniversary, Tevin with Can We Talk, Escape with Just Kicking It, Tony Braxton with Another Sad Love Song. I'm telling you ninety three had them, they had them hits. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay,
2: all right. Um, <laughs> I know what it's not. Um, <laughs> let me see what I want to vote for. I, I would say, you. I don't know. Anniversary and Can We Talk is, is ooh, that's close. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say Can We Talk. Okay, okay.
0: I'm, I'm right going to go Anniversary. Mm. That's, that's my two top picks, too. Can we talk? Is a more legendary song. It's better for the club. It's like the number one '90s R&B club song now. I don't know how it got there because I, I never heard it in the club ten years ago. Right. I heard it because I heard DJ Moma put it in rotation because I didn't hear it the whole 2000s at all. But um, as far as just my personal favorite, I'm gonna go Anniversary. Just the way, just like with Pillow, I feel like it's just one of those that has the great instrumentation with Tony Tony the way that they switch up the uh, the beat a couple times, that extended version with the yeah. strings on it. So, yeah, I'm going to go anniversary. So, all right. So, let's just take a quick step. One more year over, 94, 94. Uh, Janet, anytime. Uh, Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You, Blackstreet, Before I Let Go, or Jaune Sending My Love?
2: Okay. <laughs> although I'm from Philly I'm gonna say Janet
1: whoa okay okay wow you just gonna you just gonna all turn right, on your right. girls like that <laughs> wow <laughs> you know what I'm a rep Philly right. and I'm gonna give Janet my vote
0: okay Jane okay okay I feel it I feel it I'm gonna actually so this one's gonna be a straight split Actually, it's not because I I love before I let go. That's probably I almost like it the most. I I'm I'm, I'm I want to say I'm going with that, but I'm gonna go anytime too. Anytime was this like is this is this something? This is one of those songs that I didn't even know what sex was, but when I heard that song, I'm like that's that's probably what it, it's probably something <laughs> like that. You know, it's it's, it's has, something, it's like something about it. It's probably something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Anytime it's different. You saw that video back then. Right. It's the sexiest video ever where she's clothed, where, where the woman is clothed. Right. Usually yeah, anything sexy is, is always because cool. she in lingerie, this and that. She's fully clothed, but it still just has that aura to it. So I'm going to go anytime. Oh. So, All right. So let's go 96. Two Timberland Productions, Genuine Pony and Aaliyah One in a Million. Mm-mm. Then the the, the, the Dirty Mackin' Anthem of all time, Joe All the Things. And then Keith Sweat. Nobody.
2: Oh, I know who is not. Okay, all right. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Okay. Okay. I wonder who is it not. <laughs> Keith? I'm not gonna. Do, I'm not going there. Okay. I'm just all gonna right. say what it is. All right. And for me, <laughs> it's gonna be genuine. Okay. Okay. I can um, rock with
0: that. That Although
2: I love I love One in a Million. Gotta throw that ad, that album. I listen to it all the yeah, time. Yeah. But I'm just saying I was a big Genuine fan and today I am. So. <laughs> today. <laughs>
1: today. We're gonna have to get Genuine okay. on the show. We that's that's what's gonna okay. happen. We do. We
2: what happened do? with TGT? Okay, <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> what did happen with that? we
2: I seen we it once. Listen, I, I know what happened. I know, I know what
1: happened, but We hope to have one of the members on here, so I'm not going to say nothing.
2: Right, right. And Genuine was the closer, so anyway. Right. Um, Oh,
0: okay,
1: okay. I'm going to go with Aaliyah, One in a Million. Yeah. Okay.
0: I am... uh, uh, They're both so legendary in, like, totally different ways. One in a Million is, like, the most, I think, the most influential beat since it came out. I think it's probably the most influential beat since... Teddy um, and Keith had um, "How Deep Is Your Love" as far as it being imitated. Pony is just different. It's just that that bass line with that frog. Everything I don't know if it's about it how he got. He had the frog. I call it the froggo tune. There was like a frog doing auto tune <laughs> or something on the bass, like whatever that was. <laughs> Legendary. Uh, I am going to, and I still love that Joe All the Things because he was. He's will some bars yes. about, I want to make your mama scream. I love it, too. I'm like, he has some bars on there, but, uh, 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 all right, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, just because that, yeah, I'm going to go one in a million, because that song is this, it takes you there, so, I'm going to go one in a million, so, all right, on to 97, we got about Ooh. seven years left, so, all right, 97, There's- I can love, I can love you for Mary J, Janet, I get lonely, uh. Next, butter love and uh, LSG, my body, Janet.
2: Oh, quick, uh huh. We performed, rapid, we rapid performed to that song at a talent show, <laughs> even though we shouldn't have. Like, you had a chair, we had no chairs do. Let up. There? My, I get lonely, let me do my math. We had
1: to because you was how old in 90
2: eighth grade, and you was lonely. Listen.
1: <laughs> no, he already
2: said we were singing songs we shouldn't have been singing. I like, okay. I mean, but, were, but that choreography in her um, video, we did it for. A, dang, I'm not going to find that video. So <laughs>
0: you, you got to find that one. I'm going I'm to go through Philly. I'm you ask can call everybody. my friends.
2: We did it. You can call them. We did it.
0: I'm going to call Charlie Mack. I'm going to call everybody I know in Philly. Somebody got that. So, um, all right. That's my vote. All right. I'm going mm-hmm. to ride with
1: my girls, Tanisha and Rhonda. So I can love you. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's
0: Alicia What? Okay. I'm gonna go. I get lonely too. Just cause. Can I break it down? Like that breakdown part is just one of the most iconic. Right. Moment. I'm gonna tell you this. You know what?
1: Why I didn't pick yeah. that song? Because I always hated why the remix with Blackstreet. I always hated <laughs> the remix. <laughs> bothered me so much really? because I felt like it was a perfect song, and you right. added something that didn't yeah. need to be added. And so I'm just like, uh,
2: It didn't. And then right. well, he tried to play that in the verses. Right, that was hilarious I like, was like, like no.
0: Yeah, no, no, you can't do that. And baby, <laughs> the way Babyface responded was like, "That's Jadmine Lewis, right? Oh, oh, we, I don't do remixes, right? Right? I'm like, oh, come on, like, somebody else's song. Face him. had to kill him with that. Yeah, <laughs> Face had to kill him. Took it. In. I mean, I love Teddy. You know, I'm team. I'm team. Dumb you know, diddy. Dumb, dumb diddy <laughs> all day, Did I? But he didn't have to do that one. Why did he do that? Why did he do it? So that was a dumb dumb it was, move it was, it right there. It was. So yeah. Oh boy. So, all right. So I'm a I'm gonna skip to 2000, one of the years that we've highlighted before, and I'm going I'm gonna chop that one up just based off those four albums that we debated in one of our very here first episodes. So here we go for 2000. Um, a long walk from Jill Scott. Music, just friends. D'Angelo, butt naked. I mean, how's it feel? <laughs> or <laughs> Erica Badu, Didn't You Know. It's one of those cases where it's hard because those might not even be the... They probably aren't the best songs from each album, but also those are the most known songs from each of those albums. So that's the reason I went with those four because I personally like some of the album cuts more. But those singles, were Just for the sake of this argument, those are the singles, so...
2: Okay, all right. Let's see. Now I want to go with... There's several hometown people here.
0: It is. I mean, the whole thing has hometown influence. I mean, but... All four of them have a hometown influence.
1: Yeah, they do. You weren't rocking for your hometown when your girl A was up here, like...
2: But he also said "Boys (laughs) to Men, and I was just like, I cannot. But... (laughs) (laughs) True. And... uh, Okay. Because I'm not about to go with them in this time either. (laughs) Although, I felt like I I had a little inside scoop. Somebody's about to do a versus. But I'm not going to say. So... Uh, But I will say, I've seen all of them, like, when they first came out, I was like, you know, really a fan at the beginning and still am. But D'Angelo was just a very special time in my high school life. And we went to that concert and I was like, oh, this is this is different so. You're the
0: reason that he retired, huh? You're the reason that, yes. that he stopped performing. Because Yes. He said, Take your shirt back off. All right, you one of them. It's
2: not our fault that All he right. was performing with no shirt and white linen pants. Like You did that to yourself. So I'm voting mm-hmm. for D'Angelo with that song specifically, though. Because Jill, I love Jill. but And I love music. That's one of my top songs for him as a debut. But I got to go with D'Angelo
1: all right all right i mean you said it let me just say i love how she said somebody's about to do a verses but i'm not gonna say nothing but three of them already did verses so yeah.
2: so you know right, right. okay
1: but um uh-huh. i gotta be real and out of those four songs i gotta go with music i think i it's crazy mm-hmm. i'm going with i like music, it but i yeah. gotta go with music i
0: gotta go with i like it yeah that would I mean, have been my next. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of stuck because it is, for me, it probably is between Just Friends and How Does It Feel. I might have to flip a coin. I mean, uh, just as, uh I'm going to say Just Friends. I'm going to say it. I feel like How Does It Feel is still a like better composition. It had that Prince thing to it. It had that church feel to it. You know, uh, I mean, it, it was so it was so classic from hits <laughs> hits from the streets doing the video version, right. Jamie Fox doing his version, right. Jamie with the stupid cornrows on, and yeah. So, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say music. I'm gonna roll with music. So, all right, all right. So yeah, let's go. 2002. We're getting close to the end, closer. But 02. Ashanti, Foolish. Amory, Why Don't We Fall in Love? Mario, Just a Friend. 2002. Usher, You Don't Have to Call.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. That one I would say, A. Marie or Usher. So, jeez, uh, I'm gonna go with Usher. I'm gonna go with Usher. Usher.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I gotta go with right the with the song of every summer. Why don't we fall in love? Hmm. Like this, probably mm-hmm. the one I still listen to the most. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Usher too, because that I remember where I, where I was when I first heard that on a high school 12th grade retreat, and it was <laughs> somebody playing the album. Because it was a case of like I was at that point in time where I still didn't really care for a lot of R&B like artists. I was still you know all the way hip hop. So I'm like oh, Usher album. I'm, like, I'm listening to these songs, and that song comes on, and I'm like, wait, what is this? Like rewind that. So I'm gonna roll with that. And I think I'm actually happy that Michael Jackson turned it down. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like I get I get why he turned it down because. It was the, them trying to make a modernized version of what he already had done 20, 22 years before, but I feel like it, it was more more uh, suited for us. I love so. that
1: we both had that same. Yeah. The first time I heard it, I was on a retreat, too, but it was a church retreat. So we wa- weren't really? supposed to be playing okay. that album, but we was playing
0: the album. Y'all weren't, but So hey. that's
1: wild, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow, yeah. I have to roll with it. So, okay, so that's oh two. 2 So speaking of Usher... Oh, 04, of course we know um, that Confessions album. I'm
2: just gonna do four songs from Confessions. I knew you were. I See? knew it. I knew <laughs> it. I knew know? it. I oh. knew it. I was like, because ain't <laughs> nothing going gonna gonna against do. it. Ain't nothing going up against it. I knew you yeah, were gonna do that. How oh. we
0: look? So that's what we gonna do. So <sighs> oh, 04. I'm gonna just do the more slow jams. I'm gonna do. Can you handle it? I'm gonna do. Bad girl. That's what it's made for in seduction. Okay, I got my good answer. night. Good,
2: with it. good night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. All right, give me a second. I already know what it's not. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. (laughs) Wait, okay. Okay. Jeez. I really like, I really like Can You Handle It? I mean, I know you're a bad girl at every club, but I'm going to go with... uh, I'm gonna go with uh, bad girl. It was just it was it was great. It was great.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I
1: gotta TV? I gotta roll with can you handle it? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I feel like bad girl is definitely that club track that like it wasn't even close to the biggest song at the time. but This the one you hear the most now definitely. from that album for sure. But Can You Handle It? Like, it's one of those where you, when you have a memory attached exactly. to it, it's just there. So it's one of those. Yeah. I was doing one of those house parties at FAMU, and I was already slowing it down, but somebody was like, put on Can You Handle It? I never even thought to play it, but I'm like, all right, let me try it. And just the energy in the room, I'm just like, yeah. somebody getting pregnant. I think somebody did that. Uh, <laughs> shout out to them. They, they, kid, they kid about 13 now. Oh, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> but yeah. So. Yeah, but that is, yeah, it's so. that song. It's, it's a memory yeah.
1: attached. It was freshman year at and I actually yeah. had that song as my ringtone for a good two months. It was my ringtone on my phone because I liked you the song. Would. so right. it, was, <laughs> I, it, was, it was real for me. So, yeah. Ringtone. yeah, Yeah.
2: Okay. That came all out. All right. Like... Okay. Hey. I know where, where your was, mind was at. Okay. Listen. He was that type. Listen.
0: Hey, he was that type. So, <laughs> all right. So, I'm going to skip ahead a couple years, you know. I'm going to go. To 2011, the year that Beyonce said, "I'm tired of this EDM. I'm I'm going R and B," so I'm gonna give her two. Beyonce, party, love on top. Kelly, her homie, came through with motivation, and then Frank Ocean came. Love on top. Love on top. Okay.
1: Okay. Wow. Um, I think I'm going party.
0: Party. I gotta okay. go okay. I mean I am going yeah. party
1: but with three thousand. With J. Cole. <laughs> let me let me specify. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I I get it. I, I roll with that. I would say I'm gonna say Love on Top. Like Party is definitely the, the more party song, you still hear it more often. Um Nova King was one of those that was like the biggest breakthrough because it was bringing Frank Ocean to the masses and you still do hear that in certain um types of crowds. Motivation at the time was the biggest for sure, because motivation it at the was, club was yeah. huge. It's one of those that you heard, when you heard Motivation, you know the club was almost over, <laughs> but you know you got to find somebody. So, yeah, but I'm going to say as far as the best, I'm going to say Love on Top. So, the last one I'm going to give, uh, the last one is the last year we had before we were on Punishment, oh. 2019, that summertime. I'm going to say uh, between No Guidance, Chris Brown and um, Drake. I'm going to say Snow Allegra, I Want You Around, Lucky Day, Rose Samo, and
2: Ari Linux BMO. Um, I can't even say I was originally gonna say which was do I know these songs um <laughs> <laughs> I was like please don't do no 2020 um t- okay I mean I'm telling you I don't remember one of them but uh I know I like that Snow Allegra song I know I like that I I like Lucky Days as an Artist but I don't I don't remember I, I like Ari too but that was most
0: probably his biggest breakthrough song in that point i would think but oh like you know what maybe. okay
2: all right you're helping me i saw him at yeah. essence fest july 2019
0: all right oh a concert always a concert yep
2: thank you for that because now he got my vote <laughs> lucky day okay okay he was new i was like who is it yes it was good yeah. okay okay
0: lucky got lucky with that one all right yep uh maybe. it's between um
1: I Want You Around and, uh BMO, but I'm I, crazy. I think I'm going with I Want You Around, the Snow room.
0: you going yeah. Snow? Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. In this case, I think my DJ bias is going to kick in for once. I'm going to go No Guidance because I feel like 2019, that was the last time we had a, just a truly open <laughs> Co-A-Tree Summer. That a- song... That song I feel like was the biggest song of that summer, and it's rare, to, it's rare that R and B songs are that big. I feel like the year before we had uh "Boot Up" LMA, which was the biggest probably the whole decade when it comes to a club song that was truly R and B. Was that uh, the
2: video with them fighting?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: I can I was like, I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> "Love okay. Goddess" was huge. That that was huge. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that because Lil Baby," yeah, I'm back. Like, as soon as that part comes, the girls are singing that. So right, right. Yeah. That's I'm going to roll with that. So that would so that would conclude our segment. I'm not going to go anything more new than that because, I mean, I feel like since 2020, it's like, I mean, even 2019 was different, but it's even hard to pick four songs that were huge from certain years. I'm just going to say last year I would probably have to pick Leave the Door Open It's just the biggest R&B song for sure. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I it's, it's harder now yeah. because
1: a lot of, like, if you listened to us while we were choosing, we were going based off of memories attached to songs It's hard to have a memory attached to a song when you're sitting at home during the pandemic. So yes,
0: (laughs) yes, it's a blur. Yeah, so it's like, oh, okay, it is, it is, Mm. it is. Like even certain songs, like like even though it's not R and B, somebody was saying something about um last year's biggest song being Cardi B up. Somebody else was like, wasn't that 2020? And I'm like, like no, it's 2021. But you forget because the pandemic is one year to us. Like (laughs) these years are just a complete blur. Like the last two and a half years are just kind of the same. One long year. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, Mrs. Nalady, we we appreciate you for being here with us. Um, let everybody know where to find you at on
2: social media. You can find me on IG at a l e d i n N-A-L-E-D-I-N. Uh and that's about it. Thank you for having okay. me. It was like playing hey, yes, Ox God hey. in real life. Have y'all heard of Ox God? Yes, the game. It was. Yeah. It felt yeah, like we were playing that. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we were doing. So yeah hey but guess what we'll see you back in a couple of minutes because you know what's next boom it's time for that beat match it is that time so let me get some sound effects all right there they go we just heard them so what we have right now is a beat match so as always me and eb always struggle just to even find matchups because 95 percent of the time we agree and even when when we disagree it's not like it's a huge difference but i think we found one today so with this one um I was just trying to think, like, who are some artists we could put against each other for you know, a versus type of matchup if it was this, whether it was 20 songs, 30 songs, whatever it would be. And um with this one, we came up with a matchup, which might be a little bit unfair, but we're gonna run with it. Um uh, between Nas and the Tories B.I.G., both some New York legends, we got Queensbridge going against Brooklyn. Both of them basically debuted in the early, early 90s. Um, both of them probably had their most notable album in 94, arguably at yes. least. But but with that, um, EB, if you had to pick between those two, I know you're Brooklyn, so I'm assuming I'm assuming you're going to roll with Notorious B.I.G. You have
1: assumed wrong. Um, I've, I hope nobody don't. Listen, if you see me in these Brooklyn streets, <laughs> just pretend like you did not hear yeah. this episode. I got to roll Uh-oh. with no eyes on this one
0: uh oh okay okay and for me it's one of those things where i could really i can go either way they both have a very strong argument but i think biggie's argument is stronger personally so with that we're gonna have what's called our beat match each of us get three minutes to explain our case and then we have two rebuttals and then we have our producers the lady who we just heard from along with melissa who will give their verdict. so uh, eb is my guest let me know, what, what makes you think that Nas would have the edge over uh, Biggie in and in a versus, and if you want to even set your own parameters, whatever it is, like whatever you think would lead to this victory, let me know. I
1: mean, listen, if for a beat match, if we're just talking about song against song, Nas is going to win um, simply based on oh. quantity. Um, he has 14 albums, um, studio albums, to biggies too so quantity he got him um i think when we talk about quality now that's when things get a little shifty i will say nas is notable for being such a great storyteller and not only that his style is so distinctive that he was called the new rakim when he debuted so where most rappers will you know rap and try to rhyme you know to the beat, or like when the snare hits, Nas made his more conversational. And that was the first time that a rapper had really done that and taken off with it. Um and the fact that Nas has always been Nas. Like I said, he was called the young um the the young Rakim. Nas's style never changed. You know, Biggie, on the other hand, was he his whole flow was different, you know, when he first debuted. It took them going back and realizing mm-hmm. that, all right, maybe this isn't the best approach. And that's when he came up with, um, his, his, his rap persona. Um, that's who he was, you know, his flow, the, the voice and everything that, that's something that Nas didn't have to do. He didn't have to change his style to sacrifice anything. Um, in addition to that, I think when I talk about beef, you know, Biggie and Pac had they beef, but the beef between Jay and Nas, Nas gave us one of the greatest diss tracks of all time with Ether. Like I'm saying, one of the greatest. It probably is the greatest, the greatest diss track of all time. And I don't think that Biggie had that in him. I don't think Biggie was hungry enough for it. I don't think that.
0: Hmm.
1: I think Biggie was he was a commercial artist, not not you know his intentions, but he was commercially successful. Um, but Nas was like. Critically acclaimed, like Nas's artistry really shines more than Biggs to me. So Big great. He's great. I would have went with him, but he don't have the versatility, the skill, or the catalog to compete
0: with Nas. Interesting. Okay, okay. So with that, so this to start from you saying that um that Biggie's style changed. I see, that, I see a parallel with Kendrick. With Kendrick, if you hear Kendrick before he really got big, when he was this k he had times when he sounded like Eminem, he sounded like Andre, he sounded like Wang. He didn't have his own style for a while, but once he got it, it was so perfect that he, he can hop on any track you throw at him. That's what happened with Biggie to me. I feel like when he first came out, you could tell he was straight li- listening to Lords of Underground and those types because he had that yelling style. Like, you hear it on "Give Me the Loot." You can tell what songs he recorded in that early stage because it's you know, goodness gracious the paint, You know the where the cash. You know, he had that high pitched voice that sounded just like boom shakala, You know just like like a like a chief rocker. But once he did develop his own style, which was that kind of laid back persona, that kind of player vibe that he had, it's like he, he from there he, he he realized I can kind of do whatever I need to do. And I feel like he actually became the, the more versatile even within that short period because with him. Whatever song you throw at Biggie, he knocked it out the park. He was able to do every type of song. Nas had decent R&B features, but he's not touching Can't You See. He's not touching 112 Only You. If you throw him on an R&B feature like that, Biggie would smoke that. And the thing is, one of the biggest arguments against Big, of course, is kind of like the Bo Jackson versus Emmitt Smith, which means Biggie only had four or five years, just like Tupac did. Nas had a very long career, still has a, a long career. I would say Nas is probably the best rapper from the 90s who's still making music because even over jay over snoop everybody else over wayne anybody who came from the 90s Nas is still making the best albums right now for sure high quality but even with that biggie only having two official albums the second album's a double album so you could almost count that as three then he had the uh, posthumous album you know with the uh, they there wrong on it that's if you still if you want to count that that's four but even with that he had junior mafia so junior mafia he had those songs he had the get money he had the um he had, the, of course, the, um, uh, what was it called, um, Player's Anthem. So it's like he had those on top of what he had with Diddy. He had the all about the Benjamins type songs. He had the victory. And to me, I feel like Biggie, like, if, if you're just taking their top 30 songs, song versus song, maybe even 40. Like, I think I'm still going to roll with Biggie even within that, in that short five-year period. I think Biggie just did so much within those five years with his his remixes and whatever you threw at him. Like, I'll even say this when it comes to versatile. We know Nas struggled on those trap slash crunk slash down south beats back in the 90s. Because back in the late 90s, every East Coast artist had to do that. Jay-Z did it. You know, of course, he had, uh, you know, Jigga What, Jigga Who. In that period, everybody, even, even from the West Coast, Snoop had the uh, the woof with Mystical. So when Nas had big things, he struggled on that. He was out of pocket. He did not sound good. But Biggie took hours, they said, to do Notorious Thugs. But when he got on there, even Bone was like, yo. Like He kept up with Bone. And at that time, that's the first song that ever came from an East Coast artist to have that kind of bounce to it, to have that tempo. Because before that, anything East Coast was 90, 95 BPM. Maybe 85 at the slowest. So back to you. All right. Um, I respect that.
1: I think I, I would never say Nas isn't uh versatile enough. I will say that he was struggling to keep up with the commercialization of hip-hop and release music that was um, not, you know, his New York roots. I mean, we we think of Nas as, like, the king of versatility. Like, we got a whole saying, is it Uchiwali or is it one mic? Like, his style is so distinct where he can do something super X-rated, something super explicit, and then turn around and have kids talking about they know they can be what they want to be like that to me that's that's versatility because not everybody can do that and remain authentic like you still got the same flow you still got the same style um even if we were just taking the first two albums from each artist you know Nas got uh Illmatic and um it was written it was Yeah. yeah Illmatic and it was written I still think Nas has the better material. I will say Biggie probably got the better singles from each album. or the most successful singles. But Nas has the better material. And then Nas, you got to throw in the the stuff that he did with The Firm. Like, Nas was making moves. It it wasn't as, like, I'm going to keep using this word, commercial as what Biggie was doing. But Nas was still making moves, even if you didn't necessarily like it. Um, I just think... You got songs like You Owe Me with Genuine that were huge like in the 2000s. And then you got other stuff like New York State of Mind or If I Ruled the World with Lauren Hill. I think Nas has given us a pretty good blueprint for longevity, yes, and versatility all wrapped up in one. Um, because who's to say that if Biggie was still here, album number three would not have been what Nas's third album was, which was, you know, not as good as the first two like biggie never got to experience that
0: i mean it's a hard call it's hard to say but um what i will say so even the whole is it uchi wally or one mike was more of a diss because it was like it didn't really feel like that was him doing uchi Wali. it was where like the thing with him is that whenever he he switched up his style too much yeah we know he had those purist fans but with that it just wasn't great enough to break through because with biggie he had those same exact gutter fans. And when you talk about album cuts, Biggie had the album cuts. I mean, he had the Gimme the Lutes. He had the Warning. Was, I, mean, I don't know if you call it an album cut or not, but it was, it was a street song. It wasn't commercial at all. Of course, the machine gun funk type, the what. Of course, he had the, the same things on Life After Death, but kick Kick the door, "Kick Kick After Door," in the door, I should say. I feel like when it comes to album cuts, uh, I got a story to tell. But They're so strong as album cuts, you still heard them in the club with that. You can still play those at a concert, and the whole crowd is going to rap it. Uh, one of the most recent verses at the uh, Dipset verse locks. They played the instrumental to "Warning." Everybody rapped the whole song as a DJ. I've never in my life heard that. I said, "Let me steal that because, like, I've never even seen it where you just play an instrumental and the crowd just raps the whole thing." There's not a single Nas song that you're gonna do that to. And with that, uh, you talk about like um, uh, you owe me with genuine. I love that beat. I love the cadence of the chorus and genuine being on it, but. That was not a Nas song. That song would have been better if it was Missy or uh, Busta or Ludacris on it to me. I feel like that was Nas. All right, let me try to make some commercial, but that wasn't really him. But with Biggie, he can make these street gutter songs. I mean, you know the original version of Ready to Die didn't even have like Juicy, didn't have even One More Chance on the the one that was released even. One More Chance, the the album version is way different because he was making these more gutter songs, but you throw him this commercial song, he knocked it out the park. I mean, one, One More Chance remix, of course, Juicy, as much as he hated it, he made that a very classic song that you can hear at a commercial, at a white uh, dive bar, or at a hood club that's in New York. It's like Juicy works in both angles. And I feel like in that sense, I think Biggie was a lot more versatile. And he was the type who had he, he had fun with it. I feel like he had that kind of player image, which was ironic because he was fat, black, and ugly as he always joked and said. But it was like, that's what it was. Um. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. All of that. Yeah. Um. You ain't had to throw that in there. Um, Nas Nas is is just more... Like, on a creative level, I feel like Nas just got him. Like, Nas... Listen to a song, like, Fetus, and he's rapping like he hasn't been born yet. And then listen to a song, like, Amongst Kings, and he's rapping like he's already gone. Then you got songs where... um, Sekou's story where he's rapping like he's a woman. Like, he's so imaginative, like, that he he can put himself into positions that he's not experienced, and he has no idea what that's like. Like, Biggie has a whole album conceptualized around life after death, which is great, but Nas rapped that shit like he meant it. Then we talk about the songs, like, Life's a Bitch, New York State of Mind, If I Rule the World, Watch Them Niggas, which is a personal favorite. You owe me. Hate me now. Come on, Nas
0: got it. If you if you want to go song for song, I'ma just go. Let's go. I'ma close like this. Real Love Remix. Dolly, my baby. Party and bullshit. Jay Z, uh, featured Brooklyn. Brooklyn's finest. I'm going. I'm gonna go like this. All the songs that's not even on his two albums. All these are now on his two albums. Brooklyn's finest. The B side with the brat. Flavor in your ear remix. Don't be mad because UPS is hiring. Of course, players have them get money. He had a song with Michael Jackson this time around. Victory all about the Benjamins. The freestyle with Tupac when it comes to these R&B remixes. Only you can't you see, as I mentioned. He had the Be Happy with the bald head dude I don't mention no more. He had those unreleased cuts like just playing, you know, dreams of fucking, you know, an R&B chick. You Can't Stop the Rain with Shaq. Then he had the, you know, the Lucy's like, who shot you, you know? Even One More Chance is a Tech technically. But then on the albums, he's giving you the Big Papa, the Unbelievable, the the Juicy, the Warning. On his second album, the double album, giving you hitting the ties, kicking the door, fucking you tonight, more money, more problems, notorious thugs, story to tell, going back to Cali, West Coast with it, 10 crack commandments, sky's the limit, you know? And then even on the third one, he had like dead wrong. So I'm telling you, when it comes to songs, I gotta go biggie. So with that, I'll give it to our producers to judge. Uh, my lady and Melissa. Um, Let's see what y'all say about that. Of course, this might be one case where the lady does not have a concert experience with Biggie, but you know, you never know. She might, know. Have. She you might have been know. at we that never part. What are cousins never in New know. York? You we know, never so, know.
2: Um, let's see. No, I don't. But I really wish I did, because he was my favorite, and um, I do love them both. I and I have seen eyes a couple times, and uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. So, based on the arguments, and EB e, e, you did a great job because i've I've never considered him versus Biggie to be a real conversation, but <laughs> you did a great job with the but the longevity like that's you just can't deny that and right now he really is putting out top out top tier stuff so um, however, I the biggie argument was still too strong to me like I know. I think in versatility is still Biggie. I think if he he executed better with the versatile stuff that he had and he would do even more if he was still here. Um and, and I just wish, you know, he can't win that catalog argument, but overall I I still think I have to give it to him.
0: I respect that. I respect okay, that. Okay. All right, Melissa, what is it?
2: This is a very tough one. Um y'all both did phenomenal jobs i'm still right here calc i'm like trying to process it in my head who <laughs> who uh gosh i think i think i'm gonna have to go with Ron on this one too
0: damn
1: starting okay, 2022 I mean, off yeah. like this
0: <laughs> hey look it's plenty of time to come back but you know i had to take that one i said you know biggie is just it's, it's tricky. I mean, he, Nas has been here for so much longer, but Biggie in those five years... He did a lot. He did a lot. Like, a yeah. lot. So yeah. I ain't on that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So for everybody who is listening, we appreciate you all. So please, um, if you have any suggestions for anything, for the drop, for any artists you want us to highlight, or for our beat match, please send us an email to behindthewheelspod at gmail.com. So please uh, also make sure that you can rate and review us on Apple and Spotify Podcast. Um, it helps other other listeners to find our podcast. And, and you know, I want to hear your input on everything from the beat match and especially when we had to drop when it came to those best songs for each year. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag BehindTheWheelsPod. Let us know uh, what you think about that and who you would pick for those, some of those arguments. And uh, with that, find me on social media. I am at DJRTISTIC. On Instagram and Twitter. I'm on Twitch at RTISTIC310. EB, uh, where can they find uh, you? You can find
1: me everywhere on social media. EB 4 Prez. And that's EB, the number four. And then Prez is P-R-E-Z.
0: There it is. There it is. And that is behind the wheels. We're jumping off 2022 like that. In Just like face, that. So you know it. You know it. So we appreciate y'all for being tuned in. See y'all next time. Here we are. Out. Behind the Wheels is produced by Melissa DeMonts and the Lady Sec, and the music is provided by Epidemic Sound.